hundreds of pages, thousands of words, millions of letters. Welcome to the Kanja Book Club. The price of admission? What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Kanja Book Club, a weekly Utini podcast where we intentionally experience Star Wars books together with our incredible community. I am one of your hosts, Timothy Guthrie, and I am here with the man, the myth, the legend, the leader of all things Discord, and the villain of all things Noodles, Adam Dyson. How are you, friend? I'm going good, and that was a very lovely introduction. Thank you, mate. Yes, yes. I tried to nail it. That's good. That's good. That's all right. That's all right. I do. I will... End the Weenie Nation. That is my mission. I'm coming for the Weenie Nation. <laughs> I have no dog in this fight. <laughs> because as we all know, Taco Nation's the only nation that really matters. <laughs> Goodness. Well, we are down a man today. Uh, Patrick is off trying to win a golf tournament. So wish him well in the force. Um, hopefully he uh, comes out with that that sweet trophy uh, but if you're new to the show welcome we are live in discord every saturday at 4 p.m eastern and if that isn't enough for you we also hit the utini patreon feed every tuesday morning around midnight if you'd like more info on discord or patreon send us a message we'll get you all sorted out not really many updates at all um do want to remind you guys that in december we're covering the age of republic limited series um so the first two weeks we're going to cover the villains and then we're going to cover the heroes and the special um and then we're going to be off until january where we're going to be reading light of the jedi by charles soul and oh my lanta we got some incredible news this week about light of the jedi which makes all of our jobs easier they're releasing the first eight chapters of light of the jedi like within the next week or two something like that so we get to have a nice like i'm gonna read i'm gonna have the notes done for those eight chapters before the new year like it's gonna be great and then we're gonna get the book on the fifth and then i'm gonna have to read like what two chapters three chapters probably it's gonna be great adam are you planning on on cheating and, and reading ahead or are you gonna wait uh until january no i'll end up waiting for the audiobook i think even just sitting down just binge it all I'm just so used to audiobooks now that just sitting down and pumping out eight chapters or whatever the release will be it's just yeah i need to listen <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you. Well, I will probably do all of the above, I guess. We'll see. But, I, I, you know, it's such a such a big task. I feel like I got to be extra prepared for it. So anyways, very excited about that. So Age of Rebellion in December and then January, we're covering Light of the Jedi. So many cool Star Wars things happening. So much cool stuff going on. Uh, Joxy, who just hopped into the chat and has some brand new merch that was just revealed this last week. And it is sick. I'm about to buy entirely too much of it by the end of the. Well, I guess, yeah, by the end of this next week, since I got paid. Whoop, whoop. So uh, a lot of good stuff going on, man. Well, let's get into it. You ready to talk about Kenobi? I am. Let's go for a deep dive deep the deepest of dives in in sand that is coarse and gets everywhere and that's not the way that i want to go we're gonna we're gonna get deep into the sarlacc pit of this thing all right sand is the enemy that it is <laughs> <laughs> all right so remember everybody we are gonna get into some spoiler heavy territory if you haven't read the book and you plan to do so soon get out of here while you still can we open with part two the killing ground Aark spies on Ben and Annaline and is upset that the Tuscan ways are being forgotten. Um, while the comet run races are going on, Annaline wrestles with her identity and entertains Ben for a bit at the claim. When the race ends early, the kids come home drunk and absolutely wreck everything. Unknowingly, the Tuscans took this opportunity to strike while everybody was away. Though Ben is able to find a way in and discreetly put an end to the raid, it doesn't stop the posse from retaliation. After Annaline triggers the call, the Tuscans run off in the wrong direction and find themselves trapped in a barrel, so to speak. It's a nasty sight, and Aark loses Aideen in the bloodshed. Ben and Annaline take the body to Aark and discover that 
Aark's a female. What? <laughs> and she's the mother of Aideen. What? <laughs> After Aark spots Finn's lightsaber, she mentions the name Sherrod Het. Who is this person? We end up learning his story, and then Ben and Annaline depart. While Ben is meditating back home, he senses that somebody's listening to him. And it was Callie. Of course it was Callie, snooping around, thinking that her mom might be there. She wasn't. She returns, tells everyone at the claim that Ben's last name is Kenobi. And when he arrives, it's just, it's a bit too much for him. Everybody's like, oh, Kenobi! <laughs> Very uncomfortable. He tries to leave, but Oren uh, tries to sell him on the call one more time. And then on his way out, a gossam shows up with two Gamma Rayans which in my head means we're probably about to meet the huts. And then that's where we stop. Why do we stop there? <laughs> why, why did we do that to ourselves? <laughs> I know we have one chapter. We have one chapter left in this section. And I was like, no, <laughs> uh, you, you chose the chapters. <laughs> uh, I did. I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm so sorry to leave us like that. Well, it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Um, man, this was a, uh, a very entertaining and very insightful section. I felt like, um, I do want to call out, you know, first, before we get into anything, um, chapter 12, I know that some of y'all that are listening, um, are huge avatar fans. And I just want to point out that Aark refers to Annaline, um, as the Ina Grosh, which is air shaper. So, Jedi are airbenders, and I don't know if we've made that connection before, <laughs> but I'm just going to throw it out there now. The Jedi are airbenders. Aang would have gotten along just fine <laughs> in the order. This is great. I love everything about it. <laughs> That's all. Um, Adam, what 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 are your opening thoughts on this section? Uh, you know, this 11, 12 chapters that we read. Just that there was a lot going on. We find out about Aark being a mother, not a father, which I was automatically found myself leaning into. The trope that she, that she would, or yeah, she, you know, that it was a male, and completely took me by surprise there. You know, just the attack on the the settlers, the follow-on, like the chase of the raiders as well was a, was confronting. I think. Uh, what they were willing to do to the the raiders in retaliation for that attack, the idea of you know having them pinned against the the canyon wall, like come on. So there's plenty to unpack, I think, in this section of the book. Yeah, for sure. You know, we get the 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 big stuff, the raid, the retaliation, and we also get some really strong small moments as well um, with Obi-Wan kind of seeming to spiral um, Annaline trying to discover who in the world she is as a person um, and where things may have gone wrong or different. Um, so, you know, chapters 12 and 13, we learned that for the Tuscans, you know, there are a lot of traditions dying out, right? Like it used to, the trials used to be about killing crate dragons, for example, and now they're just trying to kill lesser beasts to prove themselves. Um, and that's just the nature of the way that things have been. Um, ben is, like I said, seeming he's spiraling out of control. Um, he doesn't want to meditate. It's very hard for him because he just finds himself, you know, getting negative and angry. And that's not the way that this is supposed to be. So I just don't want to do it. It's a weird time for the galaxy at large. Things are changing. Everything is different. But also these people here that we're meeting individually, it's a weird time for them, too. Um, is it a coincidence that everything seems to be falling apart for everybody all at once? <laughs> or is this just the force? I don't know. Well, what do you think here? I think there's a lot that is like really coming into play for all, just all the characters. They just, they're in this really hospitable environment. Obi-Wan is dealing with everything that he has to deal with. We've got our two main characters, or minor characters, in that main area are just dealing with trauma and grief in their own way. Like it's just, it's all coming ahead. It's just boiling over a little bit, I think. Yeah. Well, and one of the, the people that 
is really trying to make sense of everything is Annalene here. The the Comet Run pod race is is going on. It's no Boon to Eve classic. Uh, let's just point that out real quick. Um, but she picks up this old data pad. Um, you know, what do you make of her struggling with who she is and, and who she thought she would be? You know, like there's a college application on that thing for crying out loud. Um, you know, what? Give me your opening thoughts on that. It just it just made me really feel for Annalene more so than I really already was. Like she had these dreams and she had these aspirations of what she really wanted to be as a as a person and she went from, you know, studying and, and having that type of career and a career that she wanted to living in the middle of a desert planet, um, being attacked by natives, dealing with all these different personalities her children the loss of her husband like it just it didn't go where she wanted it to go when she was younger and it's just yeah and it just shows that she kept the data pad or she kept the information on that data pad and like she would have done that college application years and years ago before she met dana all that kind of thing like it still means a lot to her like, I think there's some regrets there. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it seems like, you know, she, she throws the data pad. Um, she also happens to ask Obi-Wan, you know, to like, like we learned that the day of the race eight years ago is when Dinar died. So she also invites Obi-Wan over while everyone else is going to be gone, you know, to come and hang out with her on the eight year anniversary of her husband's death. Like, knowing she wants to throw the data pad away, knowing she's trying to invite Ben over kind of a thing like wrestling with who she is now, knowing that it's not who she had initially wanted to be. Is she finally trying to move on? It it seems like she's trying to, to just push kind of like a, like a self acceptance. And uh, I can, I can do things because I I'm choosing to do them, not because it's the way that my lot fell in life. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think that Obi-Wan being there and she sees Ben Kenobi as someone else who I think is struggling to be alone or is alone in general. And I think there's a bit of a kindred spirit connection forming between the two, or at least Annalene thinks so where at the end of this, like she gives up her data pad, as we said, gives it to Obi Wan. Um, like it's just, yeah, that relationship is growing, and I think Annalene sees something in Obi Wan that she also sees in herself. Like yes, she has her son and her daughter and her business, um, and we've talked about that in the past episode. But like I think she's just lonely. I think even for a yeah. even. Like romantically, yes, but also just for a friend who can relate to her and relate to how she's feeling. I think she sees that in Ben. Yeah. Well, and and she tries. I mean, she's she's very perceptive. She's a very perceptive woman. Um, And you kind of have to be when you're running, you know, the claim as she is with all these people coming in, you know, like we mentioned. Um, but she's trying to to poke and prod at, at Ben to figure out who he is, to figure out what is his story. And, you know, she learns that, I mean, he says it himself, that he's a problem solver. <laughs> you know, they have this weird kind of tense conversation um, and he immediately finds a way to, to flip the mood. And, you know, she says that one of the things that she observes is that he's the quiet one, right? But he has this infectious enthusiasm for all things and something definitely happened to him. And, you know, he gives the response of, no, it didn't happen to me and which heartbreak for poor Anakin. And I thought that that was, it's so interesting that he is trying to dodge, but he's, he's letting himself reveal a little bit to her and I, I think vice versa as well. You know, they're both pretty closed people trying to figure out what's going on here. Um, I think that was a really cool dynamic to see at play in this kind of weird, murky, again, everyone's broken kind of a situation. So um, I really appreciated appreciated that. John Jackson Miller writes a phenomenal Kenobi. I understand why he, why he, he got this for sure. Um, how about these kids, man? They are... Uh, 
they they need time out. They need to put their nose in the corner. <laughs> they need something going off to the races, coming back home drunk, you know, running into equipment and vehicles. And then, you know, you find Ben who notices that there's a Tuscan Raider there. He stabbed poor Glomer. Um, do you think that Ben is meant to be? Obviously, we know that he's trying to protect Luke. You know, over I mean, that's that's the major goal. Right. But once again, he finds himself in the midst of all of this trauma, of all of these, you know, massive events, fighting everything. Do you think he's meant to be, you know, specifically in those situations? Or is it a happy coincidence that he just happens to be there when things blow up? <laughs> Seems to be a little like column A, column B. He's an extraordinary individual and that type of individual just attracts chaos in a way at times where he's just the natural hero and the natural hero will attract a natural nemesis and this and so far for obi-wan it has been in the form of just chaos either from the the chill the kids from the raiders from everyone's scrutiny he just the hero attracts that type of that type of um opposite behavior but like he's, but he's also putting himself into those situations a little bit now too. Not that he expects these things to happen, but he agreed to go there in the first place. Like he's, right. he's only new to this exile, and I, I, he's clearly struggling with it. Um, I'm, I guess if Qui Gon was to reply to him, it would probably be a completely different story. But then you know, is Qui Gon just allowing Obi Wan to just figure this out for himself? to go through this this pain first and go through the whole journey and just Obi-Wan, and Qui-Gon's not going to hold his hand through it. So I think he's yeah, putting himself into these situations a little bit, struggling, um, and naturally he's just there when it happens as well. Yeah, yeah that's something that, I, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but what do you make of Qui-Gon not replying? Do you think, you know, at this point that Obi-Wan is just, doing it wrong the the meditation or you know do you think that maybe he's just not he's not in a place to receive uh to receive whatever might be shared with him that's that's a hard one i don't think i don't think it's that he's not in a place to receive i think we've seen um characters be down on their luck and be approached by a forced ghost in in other in other stories i just think part of me likes to think that qui-gon is just he's taken he's listening but he's taken a step back he's just allowing obi-wan to figure this out for himself yeah that makes sense allowing like obi-wan to just try and deal with the living force um just deal with each day as it comes you need to learn how to do this by yourself for a while yeah which is hard work because he's never really been alone as we know, like he grew up in the temple, quite young. Um, but he's always had someone there, whether it be his master or the Jedi or the Council or Anakin. Like, this is the first time he's been alone, so I like to think that yeah. Qui-Gon is just just taking a step. He's listening. He's taking a step back and just watching him. Yeah, I I did think, and I don't, I don't think I put this in the notes at all, but. Whenever we get to everybody learning who he is, this is a kind of tangent question that I don't think we'll necessarily circle back to. But it seems like there's a lot of Kenobi's around. I know that he's originally, if, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, from the planet Stujan. Is that right? I think so. I'm really surprised that it seems like Kenobi is as popular a surname as it is on Tatooine. And it's just happenstance that that happened to, I mean, it, it just was, did you find that odd at all? I had a little laugh when I, when I listened to that in the audiobook as well, it just kind of reminded me of Sky, Skywalker being the Smith of the galaxy. Um, yeah. And then we never see any of them. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Like, I think I laughed just thinking, Oh, it's just one of those star Wars things. That we that they throw in there. That, that's how I took it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> you know, Ben once again has to secretly use his lightsaber to disarm uh, the entire situation going on inside the claim. You know, you've got Olbrecht hiding behind the counter, just 
absolutely firing blindly um, into everything. But, you know, he runs in with a, a fire extinguisher, basically, right, <laughs> and uses it. Um, and then we get Annalene with this powerful, you know, as the raid is, is occurring, you know, everything's kind of calmed down. Ben does his thing. And then, you know, we have Aark walk in and Annalene just signals the call. But she has this really just I don't know. I just see her like defiant, just kind of look at everybody. We're closed. Get the hell out of my store. Like, I loved everything about that line. <laughs> um, she really showed more of that. uh uh, control authority kind of a thing. And I know that Ben's going to reflect on it here in a little bit, but you know, what did you think about her in this particular instance um, where she's defending everything that, that is hers, I guess. Uh, like we've talked about that, you know, that I think that she's in a lonely place and she is struggling a little bit, but like, she's still like, she's a strong individual who, when it's mm-hmm. needed, will just put her foot down and take no shit. <laughs> yeah. That's and mm-hmm. it's just another example of her ability to do that. Like, you know, yeah. those around her are panicking and she just puts her foot down and like you with the quote, like get out the hell out of my store. Like she just has that ability to do just in the face of danger, be calm, powerful, and just get on with it. Yeah, I, I know that there was no way that I was going to be able to not read the next chapter after that. And that would have been a problem if we had ended this section on that, because like, no, I'm blowing it. I'm, I'm reading <laughs> it's curtain. I need the next scene immediately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which is which is really an, an interesting thing that happens next, because when she sounds the call, you know, Ark has learned that it's fake. Uh, you know, they tried to, I mean, they tore up the vaporator, uh, old number one and, but the rest of the Tuscans are still terrified and they run in the opposite direction, which if we're being honest is something I would totally do. <laughs> I'm just, I'm running. I don't care where <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Um, but, uh, Oren is, is frustrated because all of a sudden his call, um, it, it came too late, basically. Um, and he can't he can't prove that it's actually worthwhile if he can't protect home base, you know. And so to salvage his reputation, he's got to, you know, form the posse up and absolutely, you know, go to town on the Tuscans. And that leads into some a really horrifying couple of chapters um, in a couple of different directions. You know, psychologically, um, poor Jabe is tagged along. I mean, he wants revenge on the anniversary, you know, death of his dad. And so he's wanting revenge there. Um, Ben and Annalene, you know, kind of go and see what's happening. And they're like, I can't I don't like this. You know, this is bad. This this doesn't make me feel good that this is happening. But then you've got Oren and the townspeople just, you know, shooting into the barrel, getting as many of them as possible and laughing and joyous about it. Um, he, and Oren thinks that it's necessary that this is worthwhile for him. Is this more than simple retaliation? Well, I think that we were led into this with, we kept hearing about how he's dressing up now and he has an office and he's, he's falling into that capitalist position where this was it was more than retaliation that he had a personal gain in doing this and i think that's what's made us angrier as readers because he has then riled up the white man and sent them out like it's disgusting really (laughs) yeah it's yeah and yeah like from like his point of view it was money first that was it and then naturally just easy to get everyone else rolled up and get the mob mentality going and you're right it's like shooting fish in a barrel like it was hard to read where like you've got young panicking natives like literally against the canyon wall getting just pot-shotted by children um yeah it's horrible yeah i I did not enjoy reading (laughs) any of that um and i I think that's the point and i think that probably means i'm a decent human being which i hope (laughs) is accurate Um, because i think that's the way we're all supposed to feel it's like oh no this isn't this isn't good even though 
you know, we we have seen them portrayed as the, you know, quote unquote bad guys in A New Hope. It's just that just that they're different. They're, they're misunderstood. There's a, a line that Obi-Wan has um, is coming up in the in the next chapter. And I don't think I put it in here, but it's something along the lines of, um, you know, the lesson to learn whenever they find Adine's body, you know, the lesson to learn is not that that they're people just like us, that, you know, they're young sometimes, too. Um, but that just because somebody or something does something bad or is bad, um, it doesn't mean you feed the Sarlacc because it's hungry kind of a thing. Right. Like there's a way to to do things differently. There's a, a different conversation that can be had. Um, and I just it was it was wild. Um, and yeah, Chris, I, I agree, like very visceral reaction to everything that happened there. Um, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, it's just you look at their attack first and you're going to get the argument of they attacked first, blah, 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 which is just right. spoiler alert, but like that's just a crap excuse, but <laughs> it's just it comes from a cultural place, right? Like they are who they are, it's just their native culture. You know what I mean? Like they, you are, you are seen as trespassers, etc. The settlers went out there and shot them because they just wanted to. There's when that alarm went off, they were gone. Like that was it. Like you, that was all that was required. And you, yeah. and you mourn and you learn from that. Like there was no reason mm-hmm. to do what they did. And like yeah, like Chris said, like you said, it's incredible. Like it, it's more than sad to see, right? Because like it's in. We've we've tried to escape into the, our Star Wars world, and I think the 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 guys talked about it in the Living Force, which is the medical side. You know, we we read these books to escape, and oh no, there's chronic disease in the universe that we escape to. It's like, well, there's also <laughs> yeah. just normal people being evil in this world as well. Yeah, in this universe, and this is just an example of that. Yeah, well, and I, I like the I like that Ben is open to the fact that there may be another way. And, and we see that in him taking Aideen's body to the Tuscans. Um, and that's where we learn that Aark is a, a mother um, and also knows how to speak basic. <laughs> um, and, and that's the, the reconciliation could come from both parties at that point. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't really think about this until just now, but as much as it should have kind of been on the, at least what I obviously not having been involved in a direct situation, not having been rated at the claim, you know, it's easy to third party hovering above everything to go, well, maybe if you would just taken some time to, to sit through it and to figure out why is this continuing to happen, <laughs> you can maybe solve some problems and prevent it from happening. And on the other side, now that I know that that Aark, you know, could speak a little bit of basic because of learning about Sherrod Het and everything that we get from this story, um, they also had a little bit of responsibility. They could have maybe made some changes as well. You know, there could have been an, an olive branch extended from that particular side as well. Of hey, we're tired of you also killing us, so let's talk about it. <laughs> um, and I thought I thought that was an interesting thing that really just kind of came to mind. Yeah, and and you said it there, like, and that's what I was thinking when I was seeing this conversation between Ban and Ayark is that just start, just open your mouth. That's yeah, yep. The Mm -hmm. You're right. The Tuscans came in. There was they attacked. There was no talking. There was no this or that without thinking of. I wonder what they've talked about in the past, kind of thing. But like, yeah, you're right. It's just communication, and that's how. Peace comes through communication, and yeah, I think it was. I was like, it felt very deliberate that this happened right after that massacre as well, where it was no one talked, horrible things happened, and then we see this scene between Ban and Aark where they've both been able to sh- 
Well, Ben, show compassion, and Ayak is showing that she's willing to listen, even though throughout this whole book we've thought of her as this warlord with a gem in her eye, like she's she'll listen to you <laughs> if you talk to her. <laughs> yeah. And like speaking yeah. of like, you know, knowing that she is a woman, I fell into that stereo, that gender stereotype where I read that whole story and just my brain automatically thought that it was a man. Like, right. Like, yeah. That's just the, the gender stereotype tripped me up. And when I, when I realized it was a woman, I one kicked myself for not knowing and then kicked myself going, well, why did I fall into the trap of it being a man to begin with? Like there are powerful women and yeah, that's like, it. I think it was well, well done. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things that made me want to, to, to go back and reread and be like, did I miss something? Or, or was this just really that well done? Or am I bringing my own baggage to it? Which yeah. I think is, is like, like you're saying is definitely the case. And I had that just, it's fascinating. It's excellent, excellent execution for sure. Yeah, what JJM just—he clearly we fell for the trap, and then yeah. when you realize, you're like, "Oh wow!" And then you're like, "Oof, I really shouldn't have fallen for that trap." And it makes you think about yeah. like what the quote stand like what it's meant to be, kind of thing. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we we default to what is familiar to us. Mm. And that um, that's not necessarily recency bias, but but because that is there and because it is what is most known. Yeah, we, we have to consciously try to work ourselves out of that. Um, and that's it's difficult to do, even even when we know otherwise. Like I still found myself sometimes trying to because I had, you know, I had assumed Ark was a male this whole time, even when writing the notes of using the, the, the correct you know, pronouns and stuff of like, Oh no, 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 no. Ark is a woman. <laughs> really, really cool to see all of that. So in this scene, we learn about this person named Sherrod Het. Um, Ark sees Ben's lightsaber underneath his robes and that all of a sudden triggers this memory. And we spend all of chapter 20 learning about Sherrod Het. Um, I'm very interested. I see Chris in the chat mentions, He's a fan of the legacy comics, um, and I'm I, I want to know more about this person. You know, we we learned that he was an outsider who carried a green lightsaber, became a war leader, and then died when, of course, Jabba forced a war between the Tuscans and the Settlers, and it, it's much more dramatic and expanded than that. Um, Aark ends up filling the void of you know, kind of war leader left behind, you know, the, the Tuscan group that she is now leading was her father's. And so when no one else, there was no leader to take up the mantle, she did it. Um, which is really cool on her part, really well done. But what do you think about this story of Sherrod Het and the, the way that the Tuscans build and grow and, uh, manipulate, um, did you want to learn more about this person? When I read the name, for, or when I heard the name for the first time, I thought I had heard it of it before and then jumped onto Wikipedia and was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> okay. That's who, okay. That's who this person becomes. So, like, I had a little bit of a read, but, uh, like, not only did I think did these chapters give us the inside of what he, into a, a, a what would be a future major character, I guess, in the old Legends t- um, timeline, but also, like, just the politics really of tuscan society as well um where they have male and female gender specific roles and the women do this and the men do this um like and then just make like the respect that you have for ayak and what she's been able to accomplish given that their life is already brutal (laughs) um like just skyrockets from there once you find out what their society is really like and you know her her gem eye is from is from Sherrod as well. Like it all kind of connects a little bit. Yeah, I I, I refused to get on the Wook, um, <laughs> as as Jared lovingly refers to it. I, I refused to get on the Wook because I wanted to see if we got any more story in in this particular text, and I, I don't know that we will necessarily. But um, I'm trying to withhold until 
until we finish just to make sure. And then I'm going to, I'm going to do my deep dive. So <laughs> nice uh, for me then to, yeah, to, uh, to be determined on T's final thoughts on Sherrod hit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, chapter twenty-one. You know, we're we're coming close to the end of uh, of the section. Um, you know, Ben's really struggling to meditate. You know, we mentioned that earlier on, um, but it's really interesting. This was one of the bigger ones, if not the biggest meditation sequence that we got, because he's he's been around the claim, you know, in the oasis long enough, I think, to finally have some thoughts and opinions and he's getting to know the characters enough. You know, he calls out, um, Annaline in particular, like she's, she's familiar with everything in the area because she has to be for her family. Like it is her livelihood to be in the know about things. Uh, Oren might have seemed as, you know, to be a, a nice person to begin with, but really he didn't like how he responded, you know, when the retaliation was going on, it was a bit too much for him. And maybe his heart is not as, you know, kind or pure as, as Ben might have initially thought. Um, and he also acknowledges that while everyone is suffering through pain, he is also suffering through pain, but has the self-awareness to know that he may be self-inflicting some of that now. Like, even in the meditation, he's holding Anakin's lightsaber. Um, this is a sign that he's growing, right? Yeah, I think so. It, I guess it does help with his upbringing that he has the ability to uh, self-analyze and self-criticize himself and be able to move on from there. But, yeah, he he's growing. And, again, it's he's growing because he's realizing he's having to do it himself. No one's pushing him in this direction. He's learning from Annaline. He's seeing what the dark side of Oren. I think he's just, he's getting, he's here because he did it himself. Kind of leans into my, I, I think that Qui-Gon is, is just watching him and letting him do it himself. Instead of just Qui-Gon like, oh, let's talk about this for this hour and then I'll have another client. It's just, he's just starting to, to really mo not move on, but just realize that he's, he's his own enemy right now. <clears throat> and not, not having been on his own before in this particular way, he's, he's learning how to cope through that. Finally of look, this situation's hard enough as it is, obviously. Uh, so how about I stop making it harder <laughs> on myself? <laughs> um, I think that's, yeah, that that's cool. Um, in the midst of all this, he senses that someone's here. Like, talking to Qui-Gon, who is not responding, he's like, oh, wait, hold on. Uh, I'm going to have to hang up because someone's listening to me. <laughs> um, what did you think about Callie just, just chilling and listening to him talk to himself for hours? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just a young person's curiosity, I think, and... A little bit of a crush, I think, on Ben. Um, yeah, that's evident. And then just also, it's like, is my mum here? You know, right? If like the child of a of a single parent, the single parent starting to you know feels comfortable with dating again, and you know the the child's like, what's going on? What's this? What's that? <laughs> yeah, I like this guy. Do you like this guy? I think you like this guy. You should like this guy because I like this guy. <laughs> and like you see that when the, when she when she comes back and there's that kind of child to single parent kind of banter, and I think yeah, those those three things came into it for Kelly. I think she has a little bit of a crush. She's curious and like yeah, oh, I think my mum likes him. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, and and yeah, let's talk about you know her going back to the claim and being like, yeah, I I was at Bend, and this is everything that I learned about Kenobi, uh, and just then the fact that the town explodes knowing that his name is Kenobi, and Annaline's frustration with her kids is very evident in both of these things. I mean, Jabe is running off and Oren's not making things any easier because, you know, she's like, Jabe, I don't want you going out anymore. Um, and Oren's like, well, I'll find something else for you. And there's a, you know, a, a point in the section where she's like, ah, just 
F it, I'm done. I can't, I can't handle you insolent humans any, anymore. Um, but she has a little bit of time to sit and have a conversation with her kids, you know, even though they're still kind of meh, you know, with her and with each other. Um, I don't know. I thought that was a really cool moment that we got to see Annalena as a mom with her kids, just trying to talk through the, the, the teen angst, I guess. Um, did, did you have an appreciation for that moment as well as I did or, um, yeah, definitely. Cause it kind of goes back to what we talked about last week where between her and Oren, the different parenting styles where she tends to be more on, more on the controlling side or just more on the parenting in general side where yeah. she clearly has she's just oh i can't do this anymore and i it's like if you're a parent and you haven't done the uh the side then <laughs> she's not doing it properly you know <laughs> what i mean like um they're gonna be there's gonna be some hard days as a parent and but even when you have those hard days nothing changes you still love them to death and you'll do anything for them and like this is her just sitting down and having a talk with them, taking herself out of her of the settler of the settlers' village, out of the oasis, away from Oren, away from Ben. It's just her for her kids. Yeah, really, really cool moment. Uh, ben shows back up, and of course, when he walks in the door, everyone's like, "Kenobi, hey, <laughs> known all about you, know all about you." Um, we are very familiar with who you are now. Yeah. <laughs> um, poor, poor guy, right? Like walking back into all of that. Um, and, and you know, the the ending of the chapter sees Oren, you know, kind of sit down and try to try to pitch Kenobi again on signing up for the settlers' call. This dude just won't stop, will he? No, no. Like he is just persistent <laughs> and I, I think it's it's it annoys us more now because you know last week we were talking about oren's got some flaws but he might be a good guy and then he he did what he did at the start of the section you're like i got no time for this bloke anymore um and then just again just straight into the old salesperson like yeah. oh you look look what we were able to do today and as a as a decent human being ben's like um no <laughs> but then you know, we're going to probably talk about it, but then Ben's got to think of more than himself. Now he's got to think about the whole reason he's there to begin with. Yeah. You know, I, I see, I see Oren as the, uh, the, the kind of guy that, you know, was probably young middle-aged adult in the fifties and sixties. You know, he's got the, the, the short sleeved button up with the tie and he's listening to the, the self-made, you know, entrepreneur record player of, you know, this is how to be a man. This is how you go and do this. And this is how you become a successful salesman. You know, the vacuum cleaner salesman type kind of person. Yeah. It, that's who, that's immediately what I see when, when I think of him. Um, no offense to anyone who is out there that does this. Um, great. He's, but Oren's he, a jerk. He's the, he's the CEO of a company like Lockheed Martin or Boeing Defense. He's like, oh, look what we can do. Keep, look, look, yeah. look, 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 look. <laughs> Yeah, very, very much so. Um, and of course, as we talked about at the beginning of this, uh, and just follows Ben everywhere, the ending brings this, you know, bumping speeder that's tricked <laughs> out with this gossam driving and two Gamorreans, you know, are there. And we're about to have some hut trouble and of course, Ben is at the claim when this happens. <laughs> like, could it have ended any other way, Adam? <laughs> no, no. Like, like we said, the natural hero will always attract the natural nemesis, and I think we're getting getting there. I thought it was funny where you know it's at the start of it, it's like really so serious. The Gossam is there. He's clearly some kind of gangster, an underworld figure. And then it just completely flips, and then we got two Gamorians who can't get out of a car, and the car flips. <laughs> it's like, yep. <laughs> it kind of uh, like reminded me of this, the latest, you know, the Mando episode with the Razor Crest, where it's all very serious and it lands, and then 
it happens. Tumbles over the edge. (laughs) (laughs) Like this really serious scene that you just then Star Wars is like, no, here's some humor. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Things are about to go down, but also we brought two oafs. definitely oh man i i see meg's big eyes in the chat which means uh we it's because we mentioned the the mandalorian the most recent episode i'm imagining uh i'm assuming she's alive enough but probably still dead meg you doing okay i I hope so um if you haven't watched the newest if you haven't watched the newest episode of mando Please do that immediately. We're about to end the show anyways. Sit down and watch it, please. Oh, my God. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's probably been on just constant repeat at Meg's house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no kidding. No kidding. Um, as we come to this close of, of this particular section, I mean, not really this. It's a section for us. We have one more chapter left in the, the part in the book, which is so frustrating. I'm so sorry. Um what, what what's been your favorite part of this so far <clears throat> what were you of, most excited of, to read of our second week Just, yeah second week this set of chapters um what was your favorite kind of takeaway i think my favorite part was the uh, the scene with ben and Ayak. For, for multiple reasons, um, for where it was placed, what happened before it, what it, what it signified and what could happen if we just had the ability to to do what they were doing. But it also made me like, you know, look at myself because I'd put Ayark into a, into a, as a man, like just automatically. So it made me really think moving forward about, about that kind of thing as well. Yeah. That's cool. That was going to be what I was going to say, but I'm going to switch it up now. <laughs> um, I I really enjoyed the the moment where Annalene's looking through the data pad, tosses it, you know, over the sand dune, and Ben kind of shows up, and then the mood kind of shifts and changes. I I thought that was there was a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings in that. Just those couple of pages. I mean, it was a roller coaster, um, and to. A, a little bit more character into Annalene and then to see Ben still being able to diffuse a conversation as, you know, as best as he can and to flip things as he's able to. Um, really, really cool. Uh, what do you think is going to happen next? What, what do you think is going to, is everything going to blow up again? Apart from, you know, the, the standard underworld uh, story narrative that we're probably about to get into. I really don't know. Um, because I've heard so much about this story, but I always try to never look it up, knowing that one day yeah. I'll probably end up reading it being on the Utini Foundational Five. So apart from clearly something's about to happen with the hut with the huts, um, I don't know what else could happen, um, which I've yeah. really enjoyed so far. Like from what our thoughts in week one to week two, where you know we've completely disregarded characters due to their morals now, where we thought, oh, maybe there could be a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for that, that particular individual. Um, and then it's like, no, no. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I like the surprise that the story has been giving me so far. Yeah. I'm really hoping to see, uh, some, some more work with, with the Tuscan Raiders. I'm hoping to see some kind of, uh, uh, I, I want to see them go up against the huts together. I want to see some kind of partnership take place. I I don't know that that will happen, but I I would love to see something like that. Um, And some of that's informed by some of the things that we've seen more recently in Mandalorian and, you know, some of our other, uh, some of the other things that we've seen of, you know, the, the Tuscans are able to communicate via sign language as well. And, and some really cool, um, they're not against working with people. And I wonder if some of that could be started here. I know this is technically legends, but you know, I just, I want to see if, if this is kind of the groundbreaking of we can, we're still going to be the people and, you know, the Raiders that we are, but we can, there's also a little bit of territory difference. I don't know. I'd I'd like to see something like that. Yeah. I, I do like, you know, We've just seen really the, the most warlord of warlords have the ability to listen and talk and yeah and even if she has lost all her sons to either raiders or settlers 
like and she is willing to talk <laughs> right and yeah then, and then we, yeah and then we watch mando episode one and all it takes is for someone to communicate with them and they will yeah. communicate with you like it's just yeah <laughs> I, I i really yeah. i really love that we're getting that really in the new canon and and, and in this legends story as well where Communication is key. War is stupid. Talk. <laughs> it's basically what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like just communication can just do so much, and I uh, we've we've seen that now, and we've seen that in other stories. Yeah. Cool. Well, anything else you want to add to throw in? Anything we didn't talk about? You want to give a a little loving nudge to or anything like that? No, no, I think we've I've said everything that I really wanted to say for this for this set of chapters. Just excited to jump back in. Now that we have done the episode, I can now listen to the other chapters. <laughs> yes, yes. Once I figure out what's for dinner, I'm going to finish this chapter so I can finish part two. <laughs> um, like it, it will be read within the hour. <laughs> but oh man. Well, thank you for being here. Thanks to everyone in the chat for participating with us this week. If for some reason, because I know that there are a lot of you that aren't able to jump in live, if for some reason, you know, you're not able to do so and you want to get your thoughts on the show, you want us to mention some of the things that you're loving about it, let us know what you think. Um, You can also find us in other places in Discord and definitely on the uh, Patreon channel as well. Don't hesitate to jump into there and let us know your thoughts. Next week, we're talking through Kenobi, chapters 24 through 35. Um, in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Discord at underscore Tguthrie. Adam is at DarkstarAU, and Patrick is on Discord at Mac11. Hopefully, he'll be here back with us next week. If you want to help support the show, head on over to utini.com, look up Kenobi, click the Amazon link on the profile. It'll keep us on the air and help us produce some more awesome content. You will find links to Kenobi and December's book, Age of Republic, and January's book, Light of the Jedi, um, in the show notes there on Patreon. And there's also links, if you look up ahead a little bit in the uh, discussion channels, um, you'll find those there. If you'd like to help us out more directly, head on over to Patreon. And please go pick up some of that sick new merch from Jose. Oh my God, it is so good. I'm also going to buy all of the masks because COVID is still a thing. Special thank you to Sally and Chris Eilerson, Kyle Hickman, Elizabeth Cloutier, and our very own Freddie C and our on our Alliance High Command Patreon tier, and Cheryl Bell and Patrick Ortiz on our Jedi High Council tier for their amazing support. Shout out to Adam and Patrick. Patrick's not here, but shout out to him anyways. Adam, thank you for podcasting with me today. May the force be with you, everyone. Have a great one.